Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Black and Teal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 46th episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by my co host, Scott Klein. How are we doing today, Scott? Yeah, yeah. It's all right. Still getting over that weekend hangover. <laughs> yeah, from football. You're telling me. Uh, I was in New York all weekend, and I think I took Sunday harder than the Jaguars did. <laughs> that's that. That's hard to top. Yeah. So it was obviously a rough game between the Jaguars and the Jets last weekend, but we'll get into that in a little bit. You can follow Scott Klein on Twitter at Scott Klein One. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. We're always tweeting about the Jags, so uh, if you're just hankering for more Jags information, that's where to get it. Obviously, you can also follow Generation Jaguar on Twitter, at Generation Jag, also on Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar. And we're without our third co-host for, I don't know how many consecutive weeks it's been since football season started for high school, so... Uh, We're without Hunter Evans, who's coaching over at Creekside. You can follow him at Coach H underscore Evans. And uh, follow Creekside for that matter. They're doing some cool stuff this year. They're they're playing good football. Yeah, yeah. They had a rough game against Bartram Trail. Was that Um, this weekend? Yeah, they got kind of blown out. But it's... It's so, in terms of yeah, no, I mean they they've been it it's crazy because they they've been just laying waste to everyone that they played against, and I just it's just maybe one of those games where the ball started rolling in the other team's direction, and right. it's so hard to to get the momentum back, and then it kind of just slips out from under you. But they 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 seem the like Jaguars they had a good team. know about that. Oh yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and we as a fan base know about that as well. No doubt. Now this episode, as every episode is. Presented by Bold City Brewery, uh, the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast. They're having their anniversary party this month now, October 21st, nine-year anniversary. $2 pints all day at the Roselle location. They're going to have live music, food, all sorts of good stuff. Make sure to go hit them up. Again, that's October 21st. And you can check them out at boldcitybrewery.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bold City Brewery. Big shout out to them. They're great sponsors. We love having them uh, hook us up with brews every week. Now, we've got some Lord Ramsey shirts. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey is 
probably been the most consistent player for the Jaguars, bar none this year. Yeah, and every one, game he's played, he's played really, really well. And he, and he's one of the guys who really isn't featured that much because teams, other teams, are terrified of him. Right, <laughs> they stay as far away from him. Yeah, as they you can, can watch the game, some of these games, and not even notice Ramsey out there. You would, that, yeah, you think he wasn't thing. playing because they never mentioned his name because it always goes to the other side. Yeah, so we got. We've gotten a lot of orders over the last week on those Lord Ramsey shirts, but we've still probably got 20 or 30 left. You can check those out at genjag.com. Got some Game of Thrones font on there. It's a good time. Uh, watch party this weekend. Bricks Tap House, free brunch, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. before the game, and then drink specials all day. We'll be out there. You can pick up your membership if you haven't done that yet. You can purchase your membership if you haven't done that yet. And you can also pick up any of the Gen Jag merchandise. We've got our Jaguar print hats, Lord Ramsey shirts, Believer Sense Weaver shirts, all that fun stuff. That'll be over at Bricks Tap House. We'll probably get there right around noon. But again, free brunches from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Excited for that. Excited to get back into the normal routine of things. Going away for an away game is just really... It's fun. It's an amazing thing to be able to do, but it really threw me off my routine. We didn't get out nearly as much content as I would have liked to while I was gone. But and you had to deal with all that tacky green. It is what the it Jets is. Jets green. Yeah. yeah. For the most part, the Jets fans were pretty cool, but there was a few that were pretty obnoxious. One guy got kicked out in front of us that we were chatting <laughs> with a little bit. Uh, yeah. So it was a good time. Their stadium's a lot steeper than ours, and you know it's a new stadium. But uh, MetLife is—it's very metallic on the outside, very yeah. New York looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was kind of surprised. The inside is really awesome, yeah. like the uh, concourses and all that. Really nice, really modern. Obviously, with an, it's only I think less than five years old or five years old now, but it's a cool stadium. For sure, I would recommend going, but maybe maybe if you guys go, whoever's out there listening, you can see the Jaguars win a game. <laughs> I wasn't able to do that, unfortunately, this weekend. And let's go ahead and get into our recap of this game. You want to start us off with whatever stood out to you most, Scott? I think it's pretty obvious what we're going to be looking at here. I mean, there's a few glaring problems that happened this weekend. The run defense to start off with. It it wasn't awful on a whole. There were a lot of big plays. And yeah. that is awful in itself. I mean, a ghost tackle on, I think it was the first or second play the Jets had from scrimmage, where it looked like Telvin tackled um, Bilal Powell. Yeah. And then he just gets up and keeps going. No, no Nobody blew the whistle. Crazy stuff. Uh, they, they had two, I think, two runs over 69 yards. Yeah, Elijah McGuire got yeah. a nice one. Bilal Powell, obviously, like you said. It was rough to watch, specifically the run defense. Gave up over 250 yards on the ground, eight yards a carry. Oof. Eight yards a carry. That's awful. That's insane. It'd be one thing if you gave up like eight yards a carry and they only ran the ball ten times. The Jets were running the ball all day, and they picked up over 250 yards on the ground against the Jags. One of the worst run defense performances I can remember seeing from the Jaguars ever. 
And it, it, it just, it, it was just awful gap responsibility, basically, which it means there's different running lanes that the, the running backs take. And it seemingly, I tweeted out during the game as it was going on, it looked like the, the Jets running backs were just kind of letting the play develop and then cutting back to the, to the other side because the Jaguars were just over-pursuing, it seemed like, every single play. Yeah, over-pursuing and just selling out on the pass rush. Yeah. all It seemed like their only goal in the game was to get to the quarterback, and they did do that plenty. They got five sacks on the day. But getting five sacks on the, gay is complete, on the day is completely negated when you give up over 250 yards on the ground. Yeah. You can't do it. And, I mean, McCown was able to have a high completion percentage despite being hit all day, and he was able to pass for over 250 yards. Very frustrating to watch. Obviously, everybody out there knows that, but what do you, what do you think could have gone differently for the Jaguars? Um, I, I think early on, it just kind of got away from them. They, 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 they started out well. You know, they, yeah, they scored the first they scored touchdown. The first, they had a long drive, you know, just walk down the field, and then, the, you know, confidence gets rolling, and then all of a sudden, it goes the other way. 75-yard touchdown. Yeah. And all that momentum's gone. You just get punched in the mouth. And I, I, I said, oh, no, here's another here we go, here we go again moment. Yeah. Let's see how they respond. And it just looked like they were like a boxer. They were dazed. They just for the they were just kind of sleepwalking for the for the entire first half. Yeah, it's, the offense was sleepwalking the whole game. It looked like besides Leonard yeah. Fournette. Yeah, no, I mean he he was clawing his way for every single yard, just not getting a lot of help. And he just continues to make moves on runs yeah. that you're just like, damn, that dude is such a beast. And you know he has his game winning touchdown call back. We'll get into that. Prior to that, the Jaguars were down. 20 to 10 for a lot of the second half. They're able to come back thanks to a uh, field goal and a Miles Jack uh, scoop and score touchdown, 81 yards. Bilal Powell couldn't catch him on that. That was yeah. really impressive. He was dying down the stretch. Yeah, he, he got really tired down. Him. But I mean, when you're running for 81 yards as a linebacker, yeah. that's not that's not common. Obviously, Jack used to play a little bit of running back in college, but. That was impressive. Yeah, it was it was so unexpected too. It, it was just like one of those things where it's like the play was going on, and then you're like, "Where's the whistle?" Yeah, well, he's still running. There's no whistle. Yeah, it, it kind of took a little bit to click. Yeah, at first you're like, "Was that an interception?" And then you're like, "Oh, it was a backward pass." Yeah. So it it didn't have to be intercepted. At, yeah, at first I thought he just picked it up before it hit the ground. Yeah. But then it, it clearly was behind the line of scrimmage and. He made he took a play and he made it got an advantage from it. It got us back in the game. Basically, after that, you really start to feel like, hey, there's a chance. You know, there, we we got a shot. It's it seemed like it was just getting away from us the entire game, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you get that eight, the, uh, the I think on the next possession or the following one, the running back slips coming out of the backfield, and AJ Boye gets a pick. Yeah, and all of a sudden. Momentum's growing. Yeah. It felt like a recipe for, hey, this was a tough game, but 
They're finally going to pull it out. Yeah, it really did feel like it might be a turning point sort of thing. Obviously, we already feel like the Jaguars are different than they have been in the past few seasons, and they are different. But you want to see that killer instinct, that will to win at the end of the game, the ability to pull out, pull something out of your ass that you really shouldn't have been able to do. And the Jaguars were not able to do that. They weren't able to do it against a really poor Jets team. People will look at their record and say they're 2-2 two and two now. They've beaten the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Well, Jaguars played possibly the worst game they could have played against the Jets. Yeah. Offensively, defensively, the only player... I mean, I shouldn't say the only player that showed up, but the only player that showed up consistently on down-by-down basis on the defense was Jalen, and on offense was Leonard. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. Be- before the game... We even last week we were talking. I, I said this team's no pushover. I was fully. I was saying that fully expecting the Jaguars to be able to to handle business. I I, I didn't think it was going to be a forty four seven game like it was in Baltimore, but I I thought it would be something where they might struggle, but just the ability of this this defense that we have plus the running game. You can't even you can't even go in with a game plan thinking about Blake Bortles because you don't know who you're going to get. Right. But even with an inconsistent quarterback, the talent's there to be able to beat teams like this. Yeah. Who aren't playing great football? They're playing average to below average, but it's it was almost inexcusable. <laughs> I it mean, was. I think if they played, you know, Jaguars win four out of five games, yeah. eight out of ten, maybe nine out of ten against that team. But it didn't happen on Sunday, and so the Jaguars have to live with the consequences. They're now 2-2 two and two after losing to a really poor Jets team and losing to their uh, bitter rival, the Tennessee Titans. So, any final thoughts from that game? Um, it just it continues to confirm what we know about Blake Bortles. He, the consistency is really where it's it's the sword that he's falling on. Yeah. I mean, he's he's just killing himself. He's killing the, this team with his play. But then every few games, he'll come out and play against the Ravens, <laughs> and you're like, maybe there's a chance. Are, but, the, Ra- are the Steelers going to be the Ravens? Oh, God. I don't think they so. Just we didn't them. think the Ravens were going to be the Ravens yeah. when the Jaguars played them, though. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that uh, week five matchup we've got coming up here. But before we get into our preview of the Jaguars and Steelers game, we're a quarter of the way into the season. 25% has already come and gone. How about that? Yeah, and two and two. I think a lot of people would have taken that. It's, two and two and tied for the division lead. Yeah. It's not as pretty as you would have liked, but it's a results based business. And we've already got. Almost as many wins as we had all of last year in right. the first quarter. So I mean, it's it's you don't want to look down on it too much. It just the Jets game really kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. There's no question about it, and uh, that bad taste really the bad taste on the season really comes from the quarterback position so yeah. far. I mean, the defense has had its ups and downs. Other positions have as well. Bortles, same thing, ups and downs, but 
that last performance, you know, nine the last nine passes he threw were incomplete. And he finished 15 of 35. He's only sitting at 54.5 completion percentage this year so far, which obviously that took a huge nosedive with his last performance. Seven touchdowns to three interceptions. You like that. The fact that at least he's not costing the team every game in terms of giving the opponents easy uh, short fields. Mm -hmm. So... If we're going to go through this uh, position by position pretty much here and grade grade what we see, Blake Bortles, I'm giving him C-. Yeah. Only reason I can give him a C- is because he was perfect against Baltimore. Yeah. He was decent <laughs> against Houston. And then you have two F games. Yeah, it's the, it's, it's the one game that's really dragging that score up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pulling it back from the depths. And without the Ravens game... It's, You're looking at an F for yeah. sure. I mean, it's it's without a doubt. Um, I, I I actually agree exactly with you. I I have a C minus just because it's been very below. It's been below average for the most part, but it's just the consistency just it kills you because you never know what you're going to get out of the guy. Yeah. And we still this that, that's kind of a representation of the team as a whole right now. We don't know what we're gonna get uh, moving forward from this team, and that's kind of the way the whole NFL is at this point right now. Yeah, there's been a lot of surprising games around the league. Yeah, there's so many teams we don't know what they are yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly know what the Chiefs are. It seems yeah. like, but uh, other than that, there's not a whole lot of teams standing out. Now, moving on from the quarterback position, looking over at wide receiver, I would give the wide receivers an even worse grade than the quarterback. Okay. They're not helping the quarterback at all. Uh, Alan Hearns has been somewhat consistent. He's found the end zone twice, has 16 catches, but he's only getting 11 yards a catch. That's not impressive at all. Marquise Lee has 13 catches, 159 yards, no touchdowns, four drops, leads the league. Tied with uh, one Odell Beckham Jr. But Marquise Lee's not making plays like Odell. Yeah. <laughs> True. And then you've got, beyond that, you've just got Keelan Cole, who really isn't doing a whole lot of anything. I mean, he's got four catches for 36 yards on the year, several drops, a fumble. It's uh, really, really rough for the Jaguars wide receivers. For for me, it's, it's, it's so hard to judge a wide receiver without looking at who's throwing the ball to him. Well, it goes both ways. Yeah. I think this wide receivers and quarterbacks right now are just so... I don't know about in terms of talent, but in terms of the way they're playing, it's just so poor. Yeah. And and they they could just be bringing each other down. Yeah. Um, It just... Right now, it doesn't seem like anything in the passing game is easy. There's not... and And I talked about it after the game and, and just a rant that I was just yelling to myself, it seems <laughs> like. But it's just, you look around the league and there's, you watch games and there's easy plays out there to be had. Just any given Sunday, turn on whatever game you want, the Browns are having, there's a couple plays a game where it's like, that was really easy. That was a 10, 15 yard completion and it, it just looked easy. Nothing yeah. seems to be going that way in the passing game for the Jaguars. Certainly not against the Jets. No. 
it's highly disappointing. And there's really not an end in sight for the wide receiver's woes until you get D.D. Westbrook back potentially in week nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you throw out Max McCaffrey out there? Do you think Jalen Strong's going to come in and be the hero? He's practicing fully now, which is great. He interests me. He's interesting, no doubt. But he got cut by a very, I would say, weak team in Houston as far as their wide receivers go behind DeAndre Hopkins. Ah, Will Fuller would have something to say about that. He's not bad. He's a speedster. His hands worry me. He made some damn good plays, though, that weren't just speed plays in his first, Mm. uh, in his debut there. I tried to add him on fantasy this week, and somebody snatched him out from under me. I'm not sure who it was yet, but you, you lucked out. I'll find any, you. Any AFC South opponent you don't have to root for is generally better. Yeah, well, I also got another Texan, unfortunately. I was just trying to add all the Texans this week, I guess. He's a Texan collegiately and... Oh, Deon- yes. Deontay. Yes, I got Deontay Foreman on the team. Uh... <laughs> but getting back to the Jaguars, let's go to tight end, and then we'll get to running back. Have we seen anything from the tight end aside from Mercedes Lewis breakout performance, three touchdowns against the Ravens? Um, oh God, I can't even remember his first name. Shaughnessy. Oh, Shaughnessy. Oh, yeah, he has caught some passes that you know have been decent plays. Um, Koyak had a preseason where he had a good play. Uh, <laughs> other than that, non-existent outside yeah. of blocking. Yeah, you like what Mercedes brings you in the blocking department. We yeah. all know that. And he's been doing another good job this season. He hasn't really fallen off in any way in that department. He might even be getting better as he gets older at blocking. But I guess you can give him a C. Because yeah. maybe you give him an A at blocking and an F at receiving. Yeah, that's what I have. Plus, so. just like Blake Bortles, Mercedes Lewis in the London game really brings that average up, too. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been very underwhelming with one bright spot. So yeah. just C, average. Middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. Now let's get to our running backs here. The only exciting part of the offense in terms of skill players Leonard Fournette, 81 carries, 285 yards, 12 catches, 125 yards, four touchdowns, should be five, 19 first downs. He is racking up the stats. He's making people miss via spin moves, via juke moves, via running people's asses over. I mean, we've talked about him ad nauseum, it seems like, but you got to give the guy props. He's on pace to score 16 touchdowns this year. He's on pace to exceed 1,400 total yards. And he's really the only guy on the offense that brings you anything. Yeah. Aside from some offensive linemen. I I, I give them... I'm not sure what, what actual grade you gave them. I gave them a B-. And it's mostly focused at the coaches because the rotation of the running backs... Is driving me. Well, insane. that's not the running back's fault. But it reflects on the game because when when <laughs> Chris does. Ivory gets five less snaps than Fournette, I have a problem with that. Yeah, it's a problem. I agree. So on a on an individual basis, Fournette, he's doing everything he can. He's getting an A plus. 
And with Ivory being in the game on third down so often, and third yeah. and short so often, Doug Marone was talking about how the Jaguars have really been pretty good at third and medium to third and long, mm-hmm. but have been way, way, way below the league average in third and short. Put Leonard Fournette in the game. There's so many times, even this past Sunday, yes. it was third and one in, in, a, in a crucial situation, and they just little dump out to Corey Grant. Yeah, three yards Ty- behind I, the line. I think I think uh, the broadcast said Tyrone Wheatley is the one who makes the decisions on on the rotation of the running backs. Oh, I believe Sit that's that- not true. Oh, that said, I don't think that's true. Okay, I, I've been informed differently that he doesn't get to control that. Okay. Which, uh, whoever's controlling it, it needs to be switched up a little bit. They're getting a little too smart. Just ride your workhorse. You drafted him number four overall. Why is he not... I understand him not being on the field every single play, because no one can do that. But I I looked this past weekend about actual, just not carries, but snaps for a running back in a league. There was probably 10 to 15 players. I would say closer to 10 to 12, that got more snaps. Running backs. Running backs. Yeah. So, you know, he doesn't necessarily need more carries than he's getting. He needs more consecutive carries, in my opinion. Let him get a rhythm going. He needs uh, more snaps in general and just be out there. So defenses have to load the box when you're out there. Mm -hmm. Or there's so many different things you can do with him. He's been an excellent at receiving the ball out of the backfield as well. Just get him touches and uh, get him more uh, more snaps than freaking Chris Ivory. I mean, there's no way it should be close to a 50-50 split. No. And it's, it's it just, there's no rhythm to it. Right. Once, once I mean, players can feed off that. You, you it, When a guy gets two or three snaps and then he's off the field... You know the adrenaline. The adrenaline's gone. You know he's he's just sitting around watching somebody else be out there on the field. Let him get a drive, an entire drive, and go down there. Maybe pull him out for a play or two. Yeah, that's in one certain thing situations. I'd like to see too. It's just it's so the the change of pace is so jarring that there's no real flow to it. It's just okay. He gets two plays and then he's coming out. Yeah, if you want to give Fournette some rest, let him sit for a whole drive. Yeah. Don't pull him after he has two nice plays and then we go three and out because the the offense can't get it done when he's not in the game. I, I originally thought, because we noticed this against Tennessee, it's like, where where is Leonard Fournette? Like, why isn't he on the field? I thought, okay, they were attempting to save him for the second half so they could really ride him down the stretch and, and pose their will, and that never happened because we were behind and so we were having to throw a lot. Maybe but they're just saving him for the second half of the season. <laughs> it, he is on pace to get a lot of touches this year. Yeah, and that's what you would expect of yeah. from a number four overall pick. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a clear drop-off going from Fournette to Ivory. It's just when, 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 I, when Fournette gets 39 snaps and Ivory gets 34, it just it doesn't fit. It's not cool. Yeah, Le- I think Le'Veon Bell got something like 69, 65 snaps. Yeah, he will be in the game pretty much the whole game this weekend when the Jaguars. He doesn't get the ball every play. No, but he's out there because yeah. you have to he worry is about a him. weapon. Yeah. yeah, 
I mean, when your only weapon on offense, which make no mistake about it, right now, Leonard Fournette is the Jaguars' only true weapon on offense. When he's not on the field, defenses are having a damn field day. (laughs) So, obviously, they need to get the ball to him more. Having said that, Chris Ivory's not playing terrible. We're not trying to, you know, just throw him under the bus here. He's playing decent football himself. And uh, I would give them an A-, minus. but if you factor in, like you said, the entire situation with the snap counts and all that, I can completely understand where you're going with the B-. minus. And, and, and there's not a lot of explosive plays. There's, there's, there's good... They're coming. Yeah, I mean, they're... They're, they're coming. Just keep <laughs> feeding Fournette the ball. Well, if they keep stacking eight in the box... It's gonna it's gonna be tough yards the entire We're season. We're getting penalties on game winning yeah. touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Moving on to the offensive line, let's just grade pass blocking and then grade run blocking. What do you give the pass blocking so far? Man, they abs- they absolutely have proved me wrong. I thought it was gonna be, I didn't think it was gonna be a disaster, but I thought it was gonna be one of the biggest weaknesses on this team, and they've been stellar in yeah. pass protection. They have the they give they've given up the fewest sacks in the league this by year. far. They've only given up three, and in total under Doug Marone, I think they've given up six, including yeah. 2016. So it's been something else. Yeah, they've just been completely neutralizing pass rush. Yeah, and two of those sacks from this season happened in one game. They've mm-hmm. been they've had two games without giving up a sack. It that it absolutely blows me away. Now there's there are they have some struggles um, more in the running side, but as far as pass blocking, a plus. <laughs> I mean, they they're one of the better uh, teams in the league as far as protecting the quarterback. And I mean, it's, at it's this not point, you could yeah. easily argue they're the best. Yeah. Now, like you said, run blocking. Not as great. They're not opening up huge holes, it seems like. And, you know, teams are stacking the box. But you'd like to see some bigger holes, some more consistency. Uh, I'll give them a CC plus run blocking. You know, it's not perfect, but it's not terrible. They're not costing the Jaguars games or even really hurting the offense in any Mm. way. Yeah. And it's... I, I gave him a C just because it's been effective but not stellar. Um, it's and it's it's hard to really excel when five guys are attempting to block five, six, seven, eight defenders who are selling out for the run. Yeah. Um, it's but and yet Fournette is still he's looking like he's going to have a huge year, one of the best years a running back has had since Mo- Mojo. Well, in his prime. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it, they need to get better, but they're going to be seeing a lot of pressure in the run game all year, to be honest. Yeah. Just because teams don't respect the quarterback. Position run the ball and play defense. That's the formula for success for this team so yeah. far. Now, of course, their best game of the season, that wasn't the formula. Their formula was just throw the rock all yeah. around and uh, have Blake Bortles score four touchdowns. But what's your overall grade for the offense so far? I gave him a B plus. It doesn't. I mean, it, it's 
because I've just I'm so surprised at how well they've been playing. Even in the running game where they've had struggles. No, I'm saying offense. No, oh, as an offense. Line. I'm sorry, as an offensive line. Offense. Uh, I would say a C plus because you have had these outbursts where they were completely dominant against the Ravens. They were effective against the Texans and they had moments against the Jets and the Titans were a dud. Yeah. So they were a bit above average, but there's a lot of, that they can improve on and then they should improve on. Yeah, I'm going to go C- minus because their final exam for this quarter was an F Yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I really think that the Ravens game was very fluky. Yeah, it seems like that. Uh, I just and projecting going forward, I know that's not really what this is all about, but I just don't see it. So let's move to the defensive side of the ball, where there's actually some hope outside <laughs> of one player. The pass rush has been absolutely Ooh. incredible. They're an A plus all over the board. There's no debating it. Yep. Eighteen sacks in. Four games, they are on pace to tie the 1984 Browns single-season team record for sacks in a season with 72. Calais Campbell has five and a half sacks. Unique Ngakwe has four sacks and three forced fumbles. Dante Fowler has three sacks. Laurenti McRae has a sack and a half, and so does Malik Jackson. And you've got several other guys that have contributed a little bit. You've got Barry Church has a sack. Miles Jack has a sack. A couple years ago, that sounds like season totals. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Jeez. No kidding. So it's been really impressive to watch that pass rush so far. Uh, run defense, break it down. Yeah. It's not good. I mean, it's, it's, it's the worst, worst in the league. They're giving up 165 yards a game on the ground. No one's really that close to that, and only a few teams are even within uh, – Within you know twenty or thirty yards of that per game, that's just pathetic. It, and it to me, it doesn't feel that way. Outside of outside obviously of the, the Jets, Jets game, game and the Titans game towards the end. Yeah, Derrick Henry really got going. Yeah, a defense got the defense got tired. They just imposed their will. A good offensive line just started opening holes, and the huge running back that is Derrick Henry just just laid the the wood and just bruise people all throughout throughout the game. Um, so, I mean, to me, it's it's much more of a... They've given up big plays other than that they're just a leaking sieve that's just being, being gashed every time yeah. the ball's handed it off. It seems like a, an issue that could be fixed during the season. Yeah. To and, where by the end of the season, maybe they're middle-of-the-road run defense are even better. Yeah, and and you should be able to rely on single coverage on the outside and being able to focus on the running game because you because you, you have a, the, the best secondary in the, in the NFL right now. Yeah, absolutely. You should be able to, I guess, when you got your pass rushers just trying to get after the passer instead of mm-hmm. doing any sort of run defense that can really come back to bite you in the butt. And it's crazy because you think about these guys. Calais Campbell, he's known more as a balanced 
defensive lineman that even leans more towards a specialist in run defense. Uh, Malik Jackson's supposed to be a good run defender. Avery Jones is a great run defender. Dante Fowler was much better at run defense than pass rushing uh, in 2016. And Yannick Ngakwe obviously did struggle a bit as a rookie in run defense, but... And then you've got, you know, Paul Puzlesny, sure tackler. Telvin Smith's supposed to be a sure tackler. Mm -hmm. Miles Jack's making plays all over the field. Why are these huge plays being given up? To me, it, it goes basically... If you see a pattern throughout the game that the per... Like, every single time the running back gets the ball, they get five, six, seven yards a carry. That tends to be the defensive line. If you see that they're extending even further past that, it's the linebackers in the secondary not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. These long plays, the 69, 75-yard touchdown plays, safeties play a big part of that. And I, I, to be honest, I, ha- I, can't, I haven't brought myself to be, actually go back and watch the game film because <laughs> that game got me more angry than I have been in a long time. And who can blame you? But... The, the the safety the just from watching it live the safeties and the linebackers were selling out so hard that it the, to me they were causing more of the problem than the guys up front than let's say like the Avery Jones who is supposed to be the big nose tackle that just plugs the holes yeah so that's that's where I was really focusing my attention to because it seemed like anytime there's a long play like that. The linebackers are supposed to fill the gaps that the defensive line can't, and then if they can't get to it, the safeties are supposed to be the, the, the umbrella that basically doesn't let it get to the, to the third level and then to the end zone. Right. And it just wasn't there. Well, getting back to the pass defense and back to some positivity, the Jaguars have been the best pass defense in football. Yeah. They're giving up uh, ridiculous, I think it's uh, 154 yards a game or something like that in pass defense, or maybe 145. Uh, but that, that's unheard of in this modern NFL, and Jalen Ramsey's not letting anybody get anything on him. A.J. Boye has had a few slip-ups, but for the most part, he's been very, very solid in coverage. And you've also seen... Barry Church and Deshaun Gibson play very well in coverage as well. So, I mean, for me, the pass defense is an A+. Yeah. You're first in the league, you get an A-plus from me. Oh, yeah. And and that, to me, is the recipe to success. Having a... If they can get their run defense to be decent, to average, to above average... Which I really believe that it should be. It, no it, one it came should. into this season believing run defense was going to be a problem. Yeah. But, I mean... As far as pass, you can't you can't ask for more than what they've done in the passing game, and it's I have a plus plus. If I could give them a higher <laughs> grade, I would. They've been absolutely stellar. We I mean we got two of the we got maybe the brightest star young star in the NFL in Jalen Ramsey, and he's only going to get better. And it makes me so excited <laughs> to be a Jaguars fan in the future, just no to watch this guy it. grow. So overall for the defense, what's your grade? I gotta give them a B plus. I mean, they've been the main reason we've been in every single game, and they've been the main reason we've won the two games that we yeah. have. So I mean, they've been 
killing it. They need to get this. They need to get the run defense worked out. But if if you can neutralize a game, a team's passing game, and focus and make them one dimensional, working down the stretch, they should be able to capitalize on that and just put them over the top. I think. I'm with you. I'll go with the same thing there. Now, special teams been a mixed bag. Jason Myers has been. Good in two games, not great in the other two games. He he could have won the Jaguars the game this week, but I think he got a lot of flack, and I don't necessarily agree with it. I mean, he missed a fifty yarder, a fifty plus yarder. It those aren't automatic. I mean, he's, certainly they're not. That's why he's here because he has the big leg. But I mean, it was pretty ugly. <laughs> How badly he missed yeah. it. But I'm I'm not gonna crucify the guy. I, w- I will judge him for the missed extra points and any kind of gimmies like that, but right. I think he's gotten a bad rap. Yeah, he's playing pretty good football. Brad Norman's playing well. <laughs> MVP right there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you got to give those guys a you know positive marks, probably a B or so. Yeah. But let's uh, wrap up. Overall, what are you giving the Jaguars? Uh, Four games in, two and two, tied for the division lead. They're really carried by the defense. It's going to be a B minus for me, just because I feel like there's so def- there's so many problems on the offensive side of the football that they can only be carried by the defense so much before the offense is going to have to prove that they can actually effectively move the football. Yeah, I'll give them a C. Yeah, because I think a lot of people would have been really happy if you told them the Jaguars would be two and two at this point. I don't think that's anything to be happy about, to be honest with you. For the talent that's they, on this roster? They're, they're very talented on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they've got talent at certain positions on the offensive side of the ball. And they should have won. They should have won against the Jets. They should be 3-1 and one right now. And uh, they're not. So I'll give them a C. But I, I do see the potential to really this becoming a very solid football team and a team that even without good quarterback play can win a lot of games we'll see if that happens obviously time will tell but this episode every episode presented by bold city brewery you can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com on facebook twitter and instagram at bold city brewery and of course make sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at Generation Jag, on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar, and check out GenJag.com. All the latest Jaguars news, analysis, updates, everything you need. We've got to get into the Steelers preview. I mean, this is always one of the most highly anticipated games whenever the Steelers pop up on the Jaguars schedule. They're 3-1, and one, playing host to the Jaguars. They've had a bit of a weird season so far. They're favored by nine, which is no surprise, uh, which really translates to six because home, home teams get the uh, three points there. So it's not surprising they're favored against the Jaguars at all. I think they should be favored. Uh, so far this season, they barely beat Cleveland in week one, which was really shocking to yeah. almost everyone. Then they beat the Vikings pretty easily. Lost to the Bears, which is that, just like... That one hurts. Wow. And then they easily beat the Ravens last week. Gets them to 3-1. and one. 
they have not really been playing the way people expected them to play, despite you know being three and one. You'll always take three and one record in four games, but the the rushing attack really didn't get going until recently. Uh, the passing offense has been pedestrian. The defense has really been carrying the Steelers so far, which is really not what people expected going into this one. So what's your first take looking at this game? Um, I, I mean, I don't like it. The Steelers, they're just a perennial playoff team. They're always in the hunt. They're always play solid, especially with playmakers that they have on the offense. It yep. Really, they, they have the potential to go off in any game. I know they haven't played very well to this point, but Le- Le'Veon Bell is one of the top three running backs in the NFL. Um, Antonio Brown, I think, is probably pound for pound the best wide receiver in the NFL. Martavis Bryant, they just got Take back with suspension. Oh my yep. goodness, they have. I feel like they have five or six wide receivers that they run out there. Mm. Um, they have Big Ben, who hasn't been spectacular the past couple seasons, but he is fully capable of just absolutely dominating the team. Yeah, I think we'll fare pretty well against their, their against their uh, passing attack, just because that's. That's our bread and butter. Yeah, that's our wheelhouse. I mean, we, we should go into every single game this year feeling confident that we can manage, maybe not dominate every single team, but manage a team's passing attack. Le'Veon Bell scares me. I think they're really going to work hard to try and shore up this running defense. But man, <laughs> but, man, he's... He they, he's been waiting. The Steelers fans have been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to really have a good game because he's really hasn't done anything the first three weeks of this, the first two weeks of the season, and then or the first three weeks and then last week just goes off. Yeah, 140 yards and two touchdowns I think. So it's he's a dynamic player. Their defense is playing well. It doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me when we just coming off this Jets loss. Yeah, to be honest, I don't have a ton of confidence going into this one for the Jaguars either. And they might be without Marquise Lee. Who knows? That could be a blessing in disguise at this point because he's not playing good football. But uh, Marquise Lee did not practice today with a rib injury. Uh, you still want him to be able to go. We'll obviously monitor that situation throughout the week. Brandon Linder was out of practice today with an illness. And uh, other than that, not too much to worry about. Fournette was added to the injury report, but he's still still practicing. Everybody else, for the most part, is out there practicing. So not too many concerns on the injury front there. But obviously you want Marquise Lee out there. And, you know, we've been talking about how the Jaguars have a great pass rush and uh, – how they have great cover corners and safeties. Steelers ain't too shabby themselves. Yep. Uh, the Jaguars are first in the NFL in sacks with 18. Guess who's second? <laughs> Steelers. That's right. <laughs> they have 15 of their own. Uh, pass defense. Jaguars are first in the NFL. Guess who's second? Pittsburgh. So it is going to be really interesting to see how these offenses fare against these two defenses. I mean, when you look at it, if you're a Steelers fan, you gotta like what you see. If you're 
if you're looking at your offense against our defense, you've got to like that matchup a lot more than you like the Jaguars' offense against the Steelers' defense. Yeah. But the Steelers' defense has not played a good offense yet. Yeah. I'm not saying the Jaguars are a good offense, but I'm saying the Jaguars might have – it's insane to even say it, but they might have a better offense than anyone the Steelers have played so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland got a rookie quarterback and not much else. The Vikings, Sam Bradford was out. Dalvin Cook was still playing well. But, yeah, I mean – Looking, looking at their schedule, it's like it's a, it's similar to the Ravens. Until right, Ravens. it was similar to how when the Jaguars faced the Ravens, exactly. the Ravens were two and zero. You thought their defense was really good, but they hadn't played anyone yet. Yeah, <laughs> have the Steelers played anyone yet? No, I mean the Vikings are a potential playoff team. Um, I don't really think so without Sam Bradford. Which is crazy. Saying that. I know. I know. Or Dalvin Cook at this point. Right. But it's 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 gonna be a real test. I mean, they beat they lost to a very beatable Bears team who Yeah, I mean the Bears might be the worst team in football. Mike Glennon was still the starter yeah. at that point. And Jordan Howard ran all over them. The Jaguars beat the Bears last year. Yeah. That's <laughs> One bad. of three teams the Jaguars beat. They didn't make it easy, but... The potential is there. It's just going to Pittsburgh. It's it's going to be brutal. It's I'm so happy we're playing them again, though. It was always my favorite game. I always think about the blackout Pittsburgh games. I think of the rivalry, how much there hatred there was between these two mean teams. Yeah. It brings back a lot of awesome memories... But it's just it's hard to inspire confidence when Blake Bortles is just a coin toss. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, you really don't. Now, looking at a couple more things with this matchup, the Jaguars and the Steelers both have a couple defensive backs that are pretty damn good at blitzing and can do it a lot. Uh, Aaron Colvin, I believe, has five career sacks from the nickelback spot. For the Jaguars, you know he's not afraid to get in there and blitz. But the Steelers do a little bit of that on their own. Mike Hilton, one of their cornerbacks, he blitzed double-digit times last week. I mean, you have a cornerback coming in on a blitz double-digit times, you really just don't respect the team you're playing, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) But both of these defenses, you could be seeing some interesting blitz packages and some Potential uh, DB sacks in this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I there, I follow a couple Steelers, just fans. They're not necessarily beat writers or paid to write for the team. Yeah. Um, but I've, from what I've seen, I want, and I meant to bring this up earlier when we were talking about running backs. I'd like to see a little bit more of an outside run thrown in the mix as far as. Leonard Fournette or Chris Ivory. More Leonard Fournette because I think he's capable of, of getting to the edge and actually making something of it, especially in this game, and specifically targeting Artie Burns, yeah. who has really can be just absolutely lost. 
exposed in run defense. In run defense. He's, he's been pretty damn good in coverage. Yeah, coverage. He's. I mean, they're the second. Statistically, the second best pass defense in the league. Yeah. But just being able to, it just seems like every time we hand the ball off, it's just the middle of the pile, and he's bouncing out and trying to make something of it. Just maybe changing the point of attack and focusing on somebody who's clearly struggled. Yeah. Through this point in 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 the season. So I mean, like you said, Mike Hilton. Maybe if 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 you read him coming blitzing to one side, run away from him. And focus on one of the other DBs who's really shown that he's just lost <laughs> when it comes to the run game. Yeah, I don't I, mind that strategy one bit, Scott. It's it's just something that I've noticed, and I really think that a team can take advantage of because yeah. it, it's when there's eight guys in the box, just trying to punch him in the mouth every play hasn't really worked. But Fournette's it's made the to best an of extent, it. Extent, but yeah. again, then they quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's been pretty frustrating, but yeah, I don't mind that strategy one bit. You know, go after Artie Burns, who really has struggled to bring runners down to this point, and run away from maybe something that'll key you. Uh, and Mike Hilton coming on blitzes. When he comes in on blitzes, you can key to run to the outside towards the other side of the ball. So yeah, we'll see if they can incorporate any of that. Obviously. Uh, this is what we're going to say probably every week, but to win this game, the Jaguars are going to have to run the ball, you would think. They yeah. didn't against Baltimore. Again, I have to bring that up because <laughs> I still find it shocking. But <laughs> they've got to run the ball well this week, and they've just got to stop the run. I think it's pretty simple. You let Jalen and AJ do their thing, everybody else stop the run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just get it done. And... uh if they can do that, they're going to be in the game, in my opinion, no doubt. But Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Martavis Bryant, even some of the other guys, Eli Rogers, it only takes one mistake for six points to go up on the board. And that's what's so dangerous about this team. Yeah. Is they, they, any given play is an opportunity that, for them to strike. No doubt about it. So, prediction time. Whew. Man. It's gonna. I think this is gonna be a tough game. It's so hard at this point, just because it's basically we're. Anytime there's a prediction now, it's all right. Let's just guess to see what kind of Blake Bortles shows up. Right. I, to be honest, going against the second-rated defense as far as passing, passing defense in the league doesn't inspire confidence. I'm going in optimistically, like I am against Houston and Baltimore. But, man, it's tough. Until they can prove that they can rely on the run game and have Blake Bortles be an afterthought, any team that is arguably better is going to be hard to go up against. So I, it's, I think it's going to be a close game for a long time. I do think right now that the Steelers probably have the advantage and probably will end up pulling it out. I hate I, it hurts me to pick against the Jaguars, but if I'm putting money on it, you're probably looking at a, maybe a 27-17 yeah, Steelers game um, just because I'm going to bet three-fourths of the game so far. Blake Bortles has shown he's incapable of really controlling the offense. 
and I'm just going to play the odds. That's fair. Against a, a, a team who, by all means, is probably going to win their division and go to the playoffs. That is very fair, no doubt about it. I'm going to disagree with you here. Okay. Good, thank you. (laughs) I don't believe in the Steelers' defense. I think it might be a decent defense. I don't think it is what they've put on tape against the Browns, Vikings, Bears, and Ravens, who have proven to be some of the worst offenses and perhaps teams in football. Obviously, the Vikings, due to injury, are there in that conversation. But, yeah, I'm going to go Jags. I think that they'll be able to do some stuff offensively. I think maybe Fournette gets his first huge, huge run of the year. Um, I'll tell him. <laughs> I think Pittsburgh's going to do some things that's going to really scare the Jaguars, you know, Jaguars fans in terms of what Pittsburgh can do offensively. I think they're going to put up some points. But I'm going to go Jags 27, Pittsburgh 24. Jaguars might be able to get another defensive touchdown. Maybe they'll get a long Leonard Fournette touchdown run. That's what I'm rolling with. So I like your prediction a lot better than mine. <laughs> I do too. I mean, <laughs> going into today, I really was inconfident in the, in the game. I really had very little confidence in the Jaguars. But studying it a little bit more, I really don't think the Steelers would be able to stop the Jaguars' rushing attack. I think that... Doug Marone teams generally respond pretty well to adversity. Mm-hmm. I think that this defense is going to be pissed off from their performance last week. And and on on your on your point, the Steelers have struggled against teams who arguably aren't as good as the Jaguars at this point. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I man, I hope you're right. I will be rooting for you so so much on this over my over my prediction. <laughs> Now let's take a quick look around the AFC South. 49ers travel to face our division rival, the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are 1-3. and three. 49ers, I believe, are 1-3 and three too. Or maybe 0-4. Oh uh, but neither of these teams is expected to do much the remainder of the year. But I believe Andrew Luck's coming back for the Colts. He, I don't think he's starting. I know he's starting to throw the football okay. and practice more. Um, but it, it looks like, by all accounts, he won't be starting for this game. Probably looking... Week 6 has always been the target. Right. Um, it's not likely he would just... He, I mean, he's the best quarterback on the roster instantly. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but they're going to give him time. Um, so I, I think you're still going to see Jacoby Brissett, who played well. Yeah, he's been all right. Um, I, I think the Colts have a chance to pull it out. The 49ers don't really do much for me, especially with the young players that they have out. Yeah, they're just such a team in a rebuild mode, obviously. Colts might be able to get a dub there. Chiefs at Texans. Texans are 2-2. Sunday night football this week. I mean, that should be a really fun game to watch. You've got Deshaun Watson coming off a five-touchdown performance, and you know all the storylines with the Chiefs. Alex Smith playing some of the best football of his career. Kareem Hunt's balling out. The defense is balling out. You've got Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. It's going to be a fun, fun game to watch. I think the Chiefs are going to roll. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I would not They're be surprised. They've been unstoppable. So yeah, and uh, if they can keep Deshaun Watson in check, they probably will roll there. 
Titans travel to Miami to take on the Dolphins. The Titans are also 2-2, two and two, tied for the division lead. Dolphins are not playing good football. Uh, they're off to a really rough start. Jay Cutler's Jay Cutler. and What do you see there? Their offense might be worse than ours. It is, Dolphins it is worse yeah. than ours. I yeah. don't see. I, there's no reason the Dolphins should be in this game at all. Yeah. They haven't, they, they've scored six points in the last two games, and that was in garbage time. That was yeah, a, a last-second touchdown. I think it's not just going to be Dolphins are going to roll over and die. Adam Gase is a good coach. The Titans might not have Marcus Mariota. They just signed Brandon Whedon. That's true. Mike, Matt Castle might be playing. Did not play well last week, so that's a big thing to keep an eye on. No doubt about it. Now getting into the PFF minute. According to PFF, and I'm not sure if this is accurate because I believe I remember a missed tackle from Miles Jack this season, but according to PFF, Miles Jack has played 264 plays and not missed a single tackle. And that's way more than the second person. Right, yeah, list. no one's even close to him on that, and uh, it's really impressive. So that's number one for him. And Paul Puzlesny is also in the top five there. He's has 102 snaps with no missed tackles so far this year. I didn't think he had that many snaps. <laughs> I didn't either, to be honest with you. But we'll give Pro Football Focus the benefit of the doubt there. Now Jalen Ramsey's given up 0.3 yards per coverage snap, by far the best in football. Again, we can rant and rave over him all day. He's amazing. I think Pro Football Focus said that. Your your passing your passer rating would be better if you just threw it into the ground than if you threw it at Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. That seems pretty accurate there. <laughs> now, keep one, let one walk. Last week we had Jamal Adams and A.J. Boye. I gave that to Jamal Adams. Uh, the Jets' defense played better than the Jaguars' defense did, in my Ooh. opinion. And A.J. Boye had another critical deep pass completed on him. Yeah. He did get an interception, but he it did. was the running back fell over. It just fell into his lap. Um, but you do see the you do think of the Robbie Anderson long pass more than the interception, really. Yeah. I mean, people love to see you do well, but your mistakes stick with you longer. No doubt about mm-hmm. that. So, give that one to Jamal Adams. This week, Ryan Shazier, 25-year-old linebacker, versus Miles Jack, 22-year-old linebacker. Shazier comes in with 37 tackles, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, an interception, four passes defense, and three stuffs. Miles Jack comes in with 33 tackles, a sack, a fumble recovery, a touchdown, and two stuffs. Who do you take here? Man. These are two beasts. Yeah. No, they're 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 like foundational linebackers for your team. And very sure. similar. Yeah. Very athletic builds, speedy guys. Man, I just I gotta Miles Jack has just shown so much. And really the first four meaningful games in his career. No doubt. It's he's he's three years younger, he's performing at a similar level, and he hasn't been starting. Right. He's performing at a much higher level than Ryan Shazier did as a rookie. Yeah. So it just... it Or a second-year player. He's just playing like a man with his hair on fire. It's been unbelievable watching Miles Jack play this year. i got to go with Miles Jack. Ryan Shazier is a good football player. Um, he can get out of position quite a bit, but 
you've seen like, like this past week, that's that's not exclu- <laughs> it's not exclusive yeah. to just him. So I just think I think Miles Jack has the higher upside. Um, Shazier's a good football player. I don't know how much higher he'll really go than where he is at his career. I think Miles Jack can be one of the top running backs for the style of offense that is in the NFL right now. You just said running back. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking of his UCLA days. That's right. Linebackers. <laughs> he can be one of the top linebackers for the, the passing offense that he has right now. His athleticism is just unbelievable. Yeah, I got to take charts. Miles Jack. I, mean, I can talk about Miles Jack all night, but I'm going <laughs> to shut up now. Yeah, I'll take him too for all the reasons you just said. I think it's pretty obvious. you got to take the younger guy. And he just turned 22 in September. <laughs> it is really, really something to see what we're going to we be able to him, get out of Miles Jack. We got him and Jalen Ramsey in the same draft. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I think it was Dan Hicken tweeted this out today, but looking at the Jaguars' last two drafts, first and second round, is there anything better that any other team has done? I mean, you get Leonard Fournette, Cam Robinson this year, who are both playing lights out, and Jalen Ramsey and Miles Jack the year before, who might... Those are just... That's nice four players. That's four starters, and typically... And, and potentially a foundation for a franchise. Yeah, no it's, doubt about it. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> awesome. And it, the, the future is so bright for these players. Yeah, it'll be really fun to watch. Hopefully for them, the future is now, and they can go up and get a dub in Pittsburgh yep. this week. That's going to do it for our show today. Make sure to come hang out with us this weekend uh, at Brick's Tap House out of the beach. We'll be there for the watch party. Free brunch over there starting at 11 a.m. on Sunday, going till 1 p.m. right up to kickoff, and then obviously we'll be watching the game and enjoying drink specials over there. Make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar on Twitter, at Generation Jag, and uh, follow Scott Klein at Scott Klein one on Twitter. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. And enjoy the weekend, everybody. I believe we're going to be getting some tropical storm force winds coming through again, unfortunately. But it is what it is. So uh, stay safe, obviously, everyone out there. Enjoy the weekend. Have a great rest of your work week, which I'm sure everyone's just anxiously awaiting Friday. (laughs) I know I am. I just went back to work yesterday after traveling all day Monday, and I'm already ready for Friday. (laughs) (laughs) So... Again, thanks for listening. Uh, Follow us on SoundCloud. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Also, if you're on iTunes podcast, please leave us a review if you can. We've been getting some nice ones lately. Keep keep up the good work with all of our uh, listeners out there reviewing us. We really, really appreciate it. That's going to do it for us. Have a great day, Duval. Thanks so much for listening to the GenJag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at GenJag.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.